Welcome to Fruit Snacks, a weekday podcast that covers big ideas about the Christian worldview in a bite-sized format. Hey everyone, on this episode, I wanted to sort of take a preemptive look at demons and the demonic realm because there is just so many misconceptions out there and modern entertainment, for one, is in a big way to blame, uh, as well as a lot of uh, lore and even Christian theology from the Middle Ages and things like that that just gets so many things get attributed to demons that we just simply don't find in the Bible. And so I wanted to take some time to do an episode before we talk about what demons are and sort of their role in the spiritual hierarchy to just address what can demons do and what can't they do? Because it gives us, I hope, in encouragement and confidence uh, when we think about dealing with the spiritual realm that there are just certain things that they can't do. They don't have the authority to do. And so we don't need to... I think be as worried as uh, as some of us may be about these these entities, these beings. And so I want us to take a scriptural approach because too often we have taken sort of this Hollywood approach to what demons can and can't do. And frankly, there's so much by way of of how demons and demonic entities are depicted in Hollywood, in modern culture, and even in Christian entertainment that frankly are just, it's just way off. It's just, they, they can't, they can't do that. I, I think we get more of our demonology from the exorcist sometimes than we do from the Bible. And that's unfortunate because that does great harm to our spiritual walk. If we walk in fear of these beings of any spiritual being, when we really don't need to. And so I want to affirm that demonic beings are supernatural evil spiritual entities who are aligned with Satan, as in the devil, and other intelligent evil beings, these fallen sons of God. And we're going to talk more about that role tomorrow and exactly where they fit into the hierarchy. But I want to look at maybe some misconceptions as well. And looking at scripture, I want to uh, also affirm a couple things that demons can, as spiritual beings, demonstrate knowledge of the spiritual realm and they can grant power from the spiritual realm but it is always a counterfeit knowledge or power and they always use that knowledge and that power to deceive we see this in uh, examples like isaiah 8 19 and 20 and isaiah 47 8 through 15 that uh, these beings absolutely have the ability, the power to to pass along knowledge and things like that. And, and I think even of First uh, Samuel, where Samuel is uh, conjured up from the dead by the uh, the witch at Endor at uh, at Saul's request. And part of why I think God put a prohibition on uh, mediums and seances and necromancy and all these practices is not because they don't work, but precisely because they do, that there are doors to the spiritual realm that are accessible to us, but 
what you find on the other side of those doors is not God. And as a protection for people, for humans, because God cares for us and wants what's best for us, he asks and requires that the only means of access to the spiritual realm come through him because it's the only access to the spiritual realm ultimately that is safe for us because the other beings that would engage with us or interact with us uh, through these methods and means uh, do not have our best interests at heart. In fact, they want to destroy us. And so God asks that we not do this I absolutely want to affirm that there are demonic entities out there who have interacted with people and have given them insight and knowledge that no ordinary person should or would be able to have, um, and even certain um, power. Uh, but it is never a rival or even to be compared with the power of God or his Holy Spirit. And also, what it does, the effect that it has on those who tap into this is always, always destructive because that's its intent. It is intended to deceive and destroy. In 2 Corinthians 11.3 and in 1 Timothy 4.1, Paul refers to the fact that demons and demonic entities lie and they deceive, that there are these doctrines of demons that are, again, intended to lead people astray. And so any, any messaging that we would get from uh, beings like this is not intended to serve us or to build us up or to encourage us. It's intended to tear us down, to lead us away from God. And that's because, just like all the other spiritual beings we've looked at this week, uh, generally speaking, they are aligned against the kingdom of God and Christ and his church. And so they don't like us. And so they, they want to hurt us. They want to destroy us. They want to deceive us. Now, in terms of the, the physical stuff, and this is where a lot of questions come up with regard to what demons can do and can't do, is physically, if we look at Scripture, we see a, I think, pretty comprehensive list of what demons are said to do to people who are possessed by them or oppressed by them in the New Testament. We see that demons can possess uh, unbelievers but they never can possess believers. And the part of the reason for that comes from 1 Corinthians 6, uh, 19 and 20, that as believers, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, meaning God's spirit already resides within us. And once God's spirit is within you, not only is it more powerful than any other spirit out there, but there's also sort of this uh, no vacancy uh, policy, right? That, that uh, a demonic entity just simply can't, occupy the same space as the Spirit of God. And so believers who are indwelt by the Holy Spirit cannot be possessed. Now, they can be oppressed, as in attacked or um, to have to deal with some sort of outside pressure or influence from these beings, but they cannot be controlled or possessed by them. But unbelievers can. There also are examples in the New Testament of demons and demon-possessed people manifesting uh, through destructiveness and just lots of violence. We see this in Matthew 8 and in Luke 8. We see that demons can cause deafness and muteness in Mark chapter 9 and Luke chapter 11. Uh, seizures or seizure-like behavior it can be manifested as a result of demonic possession and oppression in Matthew 17 and Mark 9 and in Luke 9. 
we see blindness listed as a symptom of demonic possession in Matthew 12, 22. Pain, tormenting pain in Revelation 9, uh, the first 11 verses. Even insanity in Luke 8, that we see that after Jesus cast the demon out of this man, that he is not only clothed, but in his right mind, it says. And so when he was possessed, he was not in his right mind, or as we would say today, he was insane. Chronic severe illnesses, like we see in Luke chapter 13, And then also uh, in Luke 8, we see that supernatural strength can be granted to those who are demon-possessed. But again, just like the knowledge and the power that they grant, this is not some sort of uh, good thing. This is not some sort of superpower that they give because it is used in in Luke 8's context for destructiveness and for violence, for the, uh, the causing of pain and suffering to not only the person who's possessed, but those around him. So it's never used for good. So these are all of these. When we look at what demons can do, we, we see that there is sort of this general theme throughout what we see in scripture that every one of these things that they do to people is an attack basically on the creation order, on the idea of shalom, of wholeness and harmony that God originally intended for creation when he created and said it was good. It is an undoing of the way that things ought to be. I hope this clears up some questions that uh, you may have had about these beings. Tomorrow we're going to look at exactly what they are and uh, where they came from. So I hope you'll join me then.